this time on episode 425 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. We discussed the 1992 X-Men animated series, season 3, episodes 8 and 9, Savage Land, Savage Heart, parts 1 and 2, and our news, why Doctor Strange 2 proves China isn't a requirement, and just how big Disney Plus is these days. I'm Stephen John Drew from Better Podcasting, a podcast about podcasting, part of the Gunna Geek Network. Just like the show you're checking out now, shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find fantastic geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the S.H.I.E.L.D. director. Now it's time for a scheduled debriefing. I'm Agent Michelle. I'm Agent Chris. And I'm producer of the show, Director S.P. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Comic Universe fan show discussing the Marvel Cinematic and Comic Book Universes as told on screen by Marvel Studios. The show is recorded on Thursday, May 12th, 2022, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast New York Comic Con wide. And come and join our live chat as we record. Hey gang, happy International Nurses Day. Nurses are the best. So my daughter, who is in school to be a nurse, took her last final of the semester today. And yes, she did pass. So is she a nurse now? No, another 18 months for that. Well, I'm happy she passed, and I'm happy that she is on the 18-month track to becoming a nurse. I know how tough nursing school is. Two of my friends went through it, and the studying and all these stuff that they need to know, and it's intense. It's very intense. So she's a nurse's aide right now in the hospital. She actually has a hospital job as a nurse's aide, just not an accredited full-blown nurse, but she will be in 18 months. So does that mean I have to wait 18 months to get her to look at this thing on my foot? Yes. And she hates feet, by the way. So you'd have to pay her extra. We can swing that. Okay. Anyway, I'm very proud of you. So let's move on with the rest of the cast because we love talking about Marvel. Because of meeting your full potential. If you would like to talk to us about meeting your full potential, you can visit our website, legendsofshield.com. If you want to tell us about a time that you met your full potential, give us a call at 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. You can briefly tell us about reaching your full potential on Twitter at Legends of Shield. If you want to show us a time that you met your full potential, why don't you throw something up on YouTube and check us out at youtube.com slash gunnageek. You can go in depth about how you met your full potential on Discord. You can join our Discord server at gunnageek.com slash Discord. And if you want to see a whole bunch of people that haven't met their full potential yet, but are still doing a really, really good job at what they do, why don't you go check out the members of the Guinea Geek Network? One of the members being us right here, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. And we also want to say a big thank you to Anthony from Capes on the Couch podcast. He was with us for the bulk of the last series of episodes talking about Moon Knight. We couldn't have made it through Moon Knight without him. Thank you very much. And oh, by the way, he turned 40. So happy birthday, Anthony. Oh, you sweet summer child. Happy birthday. 
goo goo gaga. I'm still the baby. Did you happen to see his birthday cake? I have not seen it. Oh, you got to see it. It is great. His mother-in-law, I believe, made this phenomenal Star Wars cake. And it was is like lightsabers and speeders. And it was she made it. It wasn't like a store-bought or anything. She made it. So you got to go check that out. Once again, Anthony, happy birthday. Thank you very much. And hopefully we will have a great announcement about you and your family coming up in the next week or two. So guys, in the meantime, we have a couple, we're getting back to the X-Men, the animated series from the 1990s. You guys want to talk about the next couple of episodes here? Sure. I've been waiting for this for like a month and a half. There you go. There's the excitement that I wanted to see. All right, here we go. Well, we can't start off our discussion without this. Previously on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because of Space Birds, it felt a little bit like coming home. Professor X should really try this new thing that's happened since he was born. It's called communicating with people. Yes, space. Getting a bunch of blank stares. Something like that. The only thing that I was really disappointed in is that our international space station does not look like the what we got in the x-men series which i have an issue with because it's because i know what's coming all right we can go down this really quick this time gene gets to be the host gene scott gene is scott gene scott scott gene scott's scott's scott 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 summer's actual eyes gene whoa Well done, Chris. Well done. Chris has stepped up and he's been doing our previously on in honor of the X-Men, the animated series. Well done. You've been waiting for six weeks for that, haven't you? I have been. Scott, Gene, Gene, Scott. Gene, Scott, Gene, Scott. Of course, in the episodes we watched today, I was at the very end going, Storm, Rogue, Rogue, Storm, Storm, Rogue. So we'll get to that in a second. This week, we did watch the X-Men, the animated series, season three, episodes eight and nine, which premiered on Fox Kids Saturday, September 10th, 1994, and Saturday, September 17th, 1994. Now, I've heard a lot about what numbered scripts they were and the fact that there was actually supposed to be another episode about Scott dealing with his grief, I guess, over Gene, but we don't get that until season five. This is slightly out of order, but it is what we have. So we're watching it in the order that it was aired, and more importantly, the order that it is airing on Disney Plus right now. So we're just going to have to all deal with it. Michelle, what is the descriptions of the episode? Savage Land, Savage Heart Part 1. Separated from the rest of the X-Men, Storm is encouraged by Sauron to free her inner tempest of energy, awakening Garrock. Savage Land, Savage Heart Part 2. Garrock fuses with the island's volcano and the surging planetary force below it. All right, back to the Savage Land, Chris. First thoughts. I have refused to watch X-Men while we were doing Moon Knight because I'm trying to see this as close to the first time as I can. And I'm so excited for what we came back to. And I think this was a great story arc for us to come back into it because in the end, it's a lighthearted thing. Yeah, a good little two-episode story. It was enjoyable. I loved the 
to be continued flyer at the end, like literally the words to be continued flied over. And then you had the explosion of the word continued. So that was pretty good. Also, it was interesting having the episodes without Scott, without Cyclops, without Professor X, all dealing ostensibly with the loss of Gene and whatever else that they're doing. So we got something that was outside of the core X-Men in Into the Savage Land. I don't know how more outside of the core X-Men you can get unless you go into the Savage Land because it's not really core anything there. All right. So let's talk about some of the main points of these two episodes. The first one that came to mind for all of us was about Storm. Michelle, why don't you kick off that part of the discussion? It's been hinted at by Storm how hard she has to work to keep her emotions in check. And at first you might think, oh, because it's ego, perhaps she had a, you know, tumultuous past and she doesn't want some sort of like darkness coming out. No, it's literally she has to keep herself in check or she causes the earth to have the weirdest weather ever. Like she can completely bring the earth out of balance. And just seeing how much she has to hold in and everything, it was something I can identify with because there are times when I have to bite my lip and keep my mouth shut. I don't succeed all the time yeah getting this glimpse into storm's personality here and just the way that she has to conduct herself in order to keep her safe the world safe her friends safe everything like that but also just seeing the full extent of what her powers can do is really cool and really i mean honestly the first thing that popped into my head was how quickly could some of these fights be over if she just went all out whenever she wanted instead of having to hold back. I did enjoy Storm learning more about herself. Some of the more in-depth personal episodes that we've gotten have started off in a series with Storm, and this was one of them following the Phoenix saga that we got in the last few episodes. I want to touch on the fighting a little bit. We've talked about the fighting quite a bit in here because it's it's pretty awesome what they can do with the animation and everything the one thing that we pointed out before but i came back to because i obviously didn't watch this since six weeks ago before we started our coverage of moon Knight, is the fact that i wish the team would be a little bit more cohesive at the beginning of any of their fights they just go off without a plan think they can do things because of their superhero powers and that's not the case they have to cohesively fight like they got beaten by sauron in new york city in front of New York Comic Con. I mean, how damaging would that be for us if the Avengers, if our Avengers were like real and it was in front of San Diego Comic Con and some evil being came above San Diego and they got their butts handed to them amongst all their fans, like hundreds of thousands of their fans? That would be bad. That's kind of what happened here in New York City. They got their butts handed to them and Storm got kidnapped. So I just wish they would be a little bit more cohesive in their fighting from the beginning. Okay. In their defense, one, they just came from a lecture from Beast and, you know, Jubilee. If you've ever been in a situation where you just want to be there with somebody and you just let them talk, but eventually they sort of like glaze over and you get into like that weird headspace. It's like when my mom talks about football. 
So first off, they're coming out of that. They're not really thinking about, oh, some Sauron's going to come all the way from the Savage Land. Also, there being civilians at the moment have to remember that mutants are not accepted. We've been talking about this for episodes upon episodes. So it becomes that moment of, okay, they go full X-Men, then other people show up. Who's going to be considered the good guy? Probably no one. Yeah, coming out of the museum like that, I know you have to be in the right kind of mindset to be in a fight. And I don't know about you, but I don't expect to see dinosaurs flying around and coming attacking me after I leave a museum, especially after a museum that I find really, really boring, like Jubilee seems to find the one where they went. I think the fact that there was in some imaginary world horseback riding in Central Park is really cool. That's true. And not realistic. There is actually a horseback riding in yes. Central Park. Yes. You could do stuff like <laughs> there are there are horses, there are cops on horses. Well, I know there's cops on horses and I know there's buggy rides for like or carriage rides, I guess. But I have not seen people riding horses in Central Park. Uh, other than the policeman. I've pretty sure that if you're rich enough or if you've got you know something enough you're probably going to be able to do it so it's not like that part actually made sense to me because i used to live in la and people would ride all like in burbank you would you know you think tv studios and all of a sudden there's people riding on horseback because it's burbank and they're rich and they have horses so that part didn't surprise me at all because it's new york all right so i have a question about the horses though does Rogue's power not work on horses? Because she definitely slapped that horse's butt. Did she have gloves on? I don't think so. Huh. I thought she did. Usually when you ride, you have gloves. And also, it was, I think it was like a little love tap. I think she really has to grab on She still on made skin-on-skin skin contact. Huh. Assuming I'm right with the glove a lot. Oh, so it's life horse, it's not power. Well, that was another thing, right? The whole, I'm sucking your hours away thing at the end where you had multiple people trying to do the same thing with that right it's like i don't necessarily think your powers work that way but they ended up canceling themselves out between rogue and sauron right i just imagined it like them circling the power between each other in which form it's going to take yep and just like a circuit it's just overloaded <laughs> threw them both away Oh, poor Sauron. I shouldn't say poor Sauron. I guess the human, the uh, Kyle, is poor. Sauron, he wants to dominate everybody and have his own kingdom there in the Savage Land. He never gets it. And then who is this witch like creature that looked like she was from He Man? The yellow lipstick was a choice, lady. That is a choice. Don't know who that was. I don't, she was just, uh, Zel, uh, I want to say Zeldona. Zeldan? Zeladan. Zeladan. So she was just there and her entire, so was she corrupted by Garak to begin with, or was she just a Garak fan that came in and was like, okay, I want to help Garak out. I think she's one of those awful stands that we read about. She drank a lot of the Kool-Aid. And then. Who defeated Garrick to begin with? Sauron. 
again, it was, I absorb, you absorb. At the end, right? Yeah. Initially, a long time ago, who came into the Savage Land to defeat Garak? It wasn't Sauron. You know, that's something about these episodes that I like, because when we're first introduced to the Savage Land, we're thinking that Magneto did it, and then Sinister just took it over. But then we find out that before then, there was this Garrock, and then somehow there's this machinery that's with the volcano. So who put that there? Maybe it was Garrock and this other person. It doesn't matter who that other person is because they can bring them in in a future episode about the Savage Land. Yeah. I have a confession to make. I know who that individual is because I did a little research because I was like, who is this person that defeated Garrick? It was the high evolutionary. Okay. Okay. So I don't know if we see the high evolutionary more in here. I know he makes an appearance in the Spider-Man cartoons, which were running right around the same time or something like that. So I don't know. It was a one-off. As far as this is concerned, he was just the being that defeated Garrick to begin with. And at the end, Garrick was so funny. He's a rock, right? He's laying on the side. He was like, I was so close. Are you just going to glaze over the fact that for the second episode in a row, we get to talk about a kaiju fight? I was wanting you to bring it up, to be honest with you. And I was going to talk about the gigantic grocery bills those two would have had if they would be living but yeah we got a, a kaiju fight how'd you like that it was the best garrett growing honestly made me think pokemon and rock type evolution there sauron growing was just amazing and the fact that you know that part of him doesn't really want to be like that in this episode or in this series rather but he knows he has to get big because these X-Men are just too dumb to take out Garrick by themselves. They need him to do it. Yeah, it was enjoyable. These two episodes, it's just a nice popcorn flick. You've got dinosaurs, you got Jubilee for trying to figure out which extinct animal she's supposed to like. Are the dinosaurs okay? No, they're not. It's trying to eat me. What about this big cat? Oh, that one's fine. Okay. I thought that was hilarious. Her just not understanding the Savage Land at all, which means the X-Men had this whole big thing happen. And when they went home, they just decided not to tell her. Well, especially when it's something easy, like mammals, good, dinos, bad. You'd think you could just pass that along. Well, first of all, obviously Jurassic World, Jurassic Park didn't exist in this universe because if she would have seen that, she would have had some concept of the dinosaurs. Basically, they're all bad, right? I know that Hazel Kazar had, you know, the cat, which is good, but, you know, most of the dinosaurs is just bad, except for the one that was saved from the weather, the little low foot like thing for those in the land before time. There was a little, little foot that was saved by his mom. Which was a touching thing, but yeah, the scorecard for which ones were good and which one was bad, probably needed by Jubilee. And then she, who's always fashion savvy, right? She's always going to the mall, getting the good fashion stuff, ends up in a big mud puddle and ends up in caveman clothes, which then she has to wring out because she's been out in storm storms, right? So she's bringing them out in the cave. And I, I think they did that pretty well. You know, there was nothing showing or anything, but she's wringing out her clothes in the cave. 
Ooh, wet dog. Yeah, not the best smell in the world to be dealing with. It was interesting the way they brought everything back. I was kind of scratching my head over the fact that Magneto still had a plane there because I thought they already had taken that plane out or destroyed the plane or whatever. So I don't know. Maybe Magneto had a bunch of planes there. I don't know. If I was Magneto, I'd have a bunch of planes there. You never know when your plane's going to break and you need to just take one for parts or just escape. And this one's closer than your other one. Because we know from the shield stuff that we've seen that Quinjets are a dime a dozen. So, and they get ruined all the time. So having extra parts is probably a good thing. Or in case he wants to throw a tantrum tantrum because they're metal and he can just, you know, throw them around and stuff. Bend them to his will. I don't know if we're coming back to the Savage Land or not. It's kind of fun for a one-off. And since we were away for six weeks, it was interesting coming back to it. I'm looking forward to other things. Back with the regular X-Men team or more of the bigger X-Men universe. You guys have seen this before, so you know if we're going back to the Savage Land or not. I could care less either way. If we do, it's fun. If we don't, so the things to watch. I can't remember. I can't either. I'd be fine not to. It's not like I won't. If I saw the Savage Land again, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to stop watching this. because I know a lot of people don't like it. It's like, okay for me. It's not bad. It's not great. It's not my favorite episodes because, well, it's Savage Land, right? It's not me. I'm more of a rocket scientist. I'm not a paleontologist. They're fine. All right. They're fine. No matter what, I'm going to get a good Savage Land cover in a couple of weeks from Peach Momoko, and there's Jurassic League from the other publisher coming out. I saw Savage Avengers is coming out again, episode one for, I don't know if it's all new, Savage Avengers is coming out next week. Written by friend of Play Comics, David Pepos. So Chris, last thoughts. What do you got here? Lastly... I'm really excited that they have kept Storm's claustrophobia here in the story. One of the things that I would be worried about if I hadn't seen this series already is that they would throw something that's so much a part of who she is into an episode, use it, and then never touch it again. But you get this thing that she has to constantly deal with, and they left it here when she was captured and put into that room house whatever you want to call it that was just shrinking on her and i just really love that they're not completely forgetting about another battle that she has to fight for herself yeah the characterization in these episodes is really consistent it's very impressive new york comic con is canon in this universe what comics do they have i'm very curious is there star wars is there star trek do mutants quote-unquote cosplay at the comic-con and do they win awards because everyone is just so impressed by their outfits so many questions i'm gonna throw the cameo of the episodes at you guys i was wondering if you're gonna catch it or not the hot dog vendor was nick fury eye patch t-shirt that said weenie on it i miss that Although Nick Fury, for me, has basically always been Samuel L. Jackson. Right. So if it's not Samuel L. Jackson in person, it's like, not Nick Fury. Pretty much. 
All right. Well, that was our brief discussion on Savage Land, Savage Hearts. Next time, we will be talking about the next four episodes, episodes 10 through 13 of season three, the Dark Phoenix Saga. So we just got done with the Phoenix Saga last time. We're going to be talking about the Dark Phoenix Saga next time. And I'm all for it because that was awesome the last time around. Meantime, we do have two important news items to cover with Marvel Studios. Our first up is Dr. Strange and China. CEO Bob Chapek recently commented on the difficulties both Disney and Marvel Studios seems to be having when it comes to getting blockbuster projects into theaters in China. Chapek suggested that it should not be a concern as evidenced by the ongoing box office success of films such as Dr. Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. At a recent post-earnings conference call, He stated, we've got a long track record of success and a strong fan base for our brands and franchises in this market. We'll continue to submit our films for release. And it is worth noting, I think, though, that at the time that we are having some difficulty in getting our films in China, that Doctor Strange did extraordinarily well. He added, so we're pretty confident that even without China, if it were to be that we continue to have difficulties in getting titles in there, that it doesn't really preclude our success given the relatively lower take rate that we get on the box office in China than we do across the rest of the world. Thus far, the Doctor Strange sequel has grossed approximately $507.8 million at the box office worldwide, including $213.6 million domestically. Financial success of the recently released Marvel Studios film follows shortly after the monumental success of Spider-Man No Way Home, which earned $1.89 billion worldwide without e- ever being released in China. Those are some really big numbers. And I'm going to be throwing my money into the pot this weekend. My wife has decided that she's cool going if we can catch one of the early showings. Yeah, I'm planning on going to see it in the theater as well. And I'm gathering, because I've been completely spoiled, I've read news stories about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So I am completely spoiled. We're going to stay spoiler-free on this podcast until we cover it. But because of all of the things in there, I see this going in the box office for quite some time as we enter into the summer movie scene months here in the United States and Northern America. I just think it's going to be a winner. And I don't know when we're going to see it in on Disney plus, but that's when we're planning on covering it on the podcast here. So yeah, this great numbers, great numbers without China. I think that was the point of the news story and that's all good because I think movie studios have been bending over backwards to kowtow to places like China, which has huge moving going audiences and that can add to that worldwide box office. So if you cannot, air in china due to whatever reason all bob chapek is saying is okay guys we got it covered we're still going to make money without china yeah and also it's really interesting what succeeds in china and what doesn't like star wars really is not a hit in china i don't know if you actually knew that or not it was really interesting to read about that i did not know that but i do know that movies like the transformers are huge 
in China for whatever reason. If it was giant robots or maybe they're able to dub their language in better. I don't know why, but yes, there are movies that are huge over there that are not necessarily huge over here. Not to say that Transformers isn't a huge franchise here. Just saying yeah. movies like that. Like World of Warcraft. It's amazing. It's, I find it fascinating how different cultures see what we produce. And it's really interesting how we see what they produce. Because one of the reasons I still have Netflix is because of all the South Korean TV they have. And they even have Mandarin stuff. And they're historical with like the long flowy hair and the long flowy outfits. Really pretty. Just really pretty people all the time. It's great. Right. And the whole Bollywood culture in India, that's another example of a whole different movie going culture as well. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see what happens with the next movies. I believe Thor is the next one on tap for the Marvel Cinematic Universe later this summer. So we'll see what happens with that. Meantime, Chris, you have some news from our Disney Plus correspondent on Disney Plus. Yeah. Speaking of big numbers. Disney has once again beat Wall Street expectations last quarter in streaming, adding 7.9 million Disney Plus subscribers and suggesting that the company might be positioned to take a lead in what has become a cutthroat race to the top in streaming. While Wall Street expectations for Disney Plus were varied, people were mostly expecting between 4.5 and 5 million additional subscribers being picked up by the service. Disney has reported a revenue of $19.2 billion and income of $3.7 billion, with earnings per share of $1.08. Wall Street expectations were for revenue of $20.1 billion, operating income of $3.3 billion, and that earnings per share of $1.17. The earnings per share miss could be due to a change in tax regulations, which saw the company's effective tax rate balloon from 8.8% a year ago to 45.8% last quarter. I know, right? Disney also took a $1 billion hit related to ending content licensing agreements early that it could use on its own streaming service. Wonder what that could have been. Disney didn't break out what that programming was, so we can sit here and wonder all we like, but it's likely the output deal with Netflix, including all of their Marvel stuff. It's fascinating how influential Disney has become. I know Walt Disney had a vision when he started Disney and Disneyland and all of this. But good Lord, the numbers, as we said, these are big. I can't even picture, I can't even picture this amount of money at all. Really, the biggest earnings is coming from their parks. So a lot of this earnings is from the parks opening back up for people traveling again. And whether or not you think they should, they are. And the parks are seeing a lot of visitors back. And that's really where their money is. Like the whole Star Wars thing. So Disney spent $4.1 billion, I believe was the number, $4.1 billion to buy Star Wars from George Lucas. They're not getting that in the box office. Eventually they might, but they haven't yet. What they're really getting it for is for places like the Star Wars experiences that are in the parks. That's where really where the big bang for the buck is. And that means their screen content is limited to try to promote that. So they're not moving on to the next big thing because they want to keep the nostalgia of what they have in the parks ready to go. Like the millennium Falcon. That's a big attraction, right? They want to make sure that people come to see the millennium Falcon or 
they're able to fly in it, all of those experiences. So you're going to see the Millennium Falcon in the movies for quite some time. Even if it doesn't show up all the time, it's going to show up enough to keep the nostalgia of people wanting to go to the parks because that's where their biggest earnings are. Like I said, not to say that they aren't going to get earnings from screen. They are in a lot of different properties. We're not just talking about Star Wars and Marvel here. We're talking about the entire Disney umbrella, which now includes a lot of the Fox properties. They have the screen stuff. More importantly, they have the know-how to make good stories that are sellable that people want to buy. And that's the big thing there versus other studios that just try to throw up content without really planning what it is or oversight of of good scripts or maybe too much oversight with the dailies disney just has it dialed in right with their imagineers if you will and they've been doing it right pixar that they bought pixar they're just buying all these really good properties and they're doing really good things with them so kudos to the powers that be within disney for pulling all this together even though i have personal issues with some people in charge of some of those divisions Disney as a whole is doing great things. And yeah, if you're looking for a stock to buy, politics aside, Disney's probably not that bad of a buy, depending on how big it is. And of course, we can't forget what we learned from Spaceballs. Merchandising. Exactly. We're geeks. We buy stuff. Right. Like with Star Wars with the lightsabers, right? You can build your own lightsaber. It's I have no idea how much it is now. It was like two hundred dollars before. It's probably three to five hundred dollars now, right? That's a lot of money that goes in. I mean, there's some money that is there because you're keeping the facilities and you're keeping the raw materials there. But a lot of that is profit and people buy it all the time. Like if I would go to Disney, that's something I would want to do. I would want to build my own lightsaber. Right now, I just think Disney is killing it on the streaming front. Recently, Kaylee and I watched a video from Film Theory that was looking a lot at why Netflix is failing. And one of the big things thrown out there was Netflix's tendency to drop an entire season of a series at one time. So you don't have that buildup of people talking about it for weeks and weeks. You have people talking about it right then because they watch the entire thing because they don't want to get spoiled because of other people watching the entire thing. But also the fact that they're just putting out so much new original content that they don't have a way to really even have the time or the screen real estate to promote all of it. Meanwhile, Disney is basically putting out one new thing at a time. And every time I go to Disney plus, here's the new thing that's coming out right there, right there in the middle of the screen. I can't miss it. If I tried. Yeah. Some would say the app experience is subpar with Disney plus, but you're right. Every time you bring it up, there's the new content. I will say, if you're talking about competing services, I used to give a lot of crap to CBS All Access. Paramount Plus, which was the successor to CBS All Access, Paramount Plus has been starting to do all the good things the same way that Disney Plus is and not the way that Netflix used to do things. CBS All Access, much or Paramount Plus, much like Disney, still has actual linear content ongoing as well with CBS, you know. Disney has ABC. So they kind of are playing in all the different areas. And you're right, though, streaming is being done right. And a big part of 
what the news story was is all the new subscribers. So we talked about Netflix a little bit before. If we didn't talk about it, they lost a couple hundred thousand subscribers. They were projecting the next quarter to lose 2 million subscribers. I double checked that. It is true. Netflix is projecting in this quarter to lose 2 million subscribers. That is not small. That is huge. Netflix has begun layoffs in their corporate headquarters. They're really struggling right now. And then when you don't have a lot of capital that you can depend on from other properties, you can't make investments into making epic products that are on streaming screens, right? So I don't know if Netflix is going to get out of this or not. They have to start making really good content that people want to see. Apple Plus is another, Apple TV Plus is another content area that they've been making good content choices. And again, they haven't been dropping the entire series all at once. So it's been a weekly thing over there. I think you're right, Chris. Yeah. One of the things that they're doing with um, some of the Korean shows is actually releasing only um, two weeks. Um, so for right now, like right now, I'm watching a show called Tomorrow and they release one on Friday and one on Saturday. And it's nice. I watch both of them on Saturday, of course, but it's sort of nice not to be, not to have to binge it all at once. I do binge, but it's nice just to have, and they did that with um, Inspector Koo as well, where they just did two episodes a week. And that was nice because, you know, all at once is a lot, like you said, Chris, but you don't want to get spoiled to have to watch it all now. It's just, it's a lot. So a lot of the content we're covering here on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is on Disney Plus with the Marvel Studios series, short series, whatever you want to call them. And so we're going to be paying attention to Disney Plus quite a bit and what is coming out of that, much like we've been paying attention to the box office for the MCU, which apparently is not going anywhere. We'll see when we get Guardians of the Galaxy, when we get Thor, when we get the Marvels, when we get all these movies coming up, because due to the pandemic and post-endgame events, we weren't scheduled to get a lot of content. Now we're starting to get the content again, and everybody's eating it up. I would say before the pandemic, it was almost Marvel fatigue and we might get there again eventually. But now that people have been starved for content for a couple of years, you're going to see an uptick in all of it and wonder much like you've been bringing up, Michelle, where is this all going? What exactly is this phase about? Is it about finding themselves? I think you ran into that article on the discord server or what exactly is this phase? And then where are we going? Who's the next big villain? Are we going to get Dr. Doom? Are we going to get Galactus? Where are we going? I don't know. I just want to see in the MCU, Spider-Man teaching the Beyonder how to poop. <laughs> well, we get the Spider-Verse stuff over on Sony here next year. So looking forward to that one. All right, that's it for the news this week. You know what? I think we should do right now is we should all go find a dinosaur and we should just fly on the way out. Nice. I'm all for that. Thank you listener for staying with us as we go through the X-Men, the animated series on our way to X-Men 97 next year. And if you want to get a hold of me, the best place to have a conversation with me is on our Discord server at gunnageek.com slash Discord. 
Yes, please come to the Discord. We have very interesting conversations. We were having a very interesting back and forth. We have a spoiler channel where everybody's talking about Doctor Strange and I don't mind getting spoiled on this because it's apparently it's multi, it's multiverses and time travel and stuff. So I like the primer and the conversation we're having is mind-boggling. It's fascinating. I mean, so yes, Discord is wonderful. Thank you for listening to us and watching us, however you consume us. We always appreciate it. And if you want to hear more from me every once in a while, I'm on Twitter at Shell underscore game. Yes, thank you for once again inviting us into your ear holes, providing you with a little bit of entertainment, maybe teaching you a few things, because that's what we're here for. And if you want to hear more from me on other things, you can check me out over at playcomics.com, where new episodes start up again this Sunday. I don't know what it's going to be yet, though. I have to figure that out. But it will be a new episode this Sunday, and there's plenty of back content if you want to go catch up on something else, or there's even a page where you can find a, links to me on other shows if you want to hear me talk about other things besides comics and video games. And until next time, I'm Director SP. I'm Agent Michelle. And I'm Agent Chris. And if anybody knows where they can find me a Nick Fury weenie t-shirt, I would love to get one. See you next time. Bye. I wish I could, but we're a family show. Take on it, SP. Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. How are the new monitors? They're a lot of fun. Fun how? Things being a more uniform size, for one, uh, being able to line things up properly. It was kind of a mismatch of monitors I got from work and monitors I got from the flea market before. But switching from the weird 23-inch thing to the 27 for portrait was so much more than I realized. Oh, yeah. I have been fighting with this new computer pretty much ever since we got off the cast last week, mm-hmm. which is why I haven't been able to publish one yet. But I've run into several problems. The big one, though, is the fact that I'm running. So do you know how to benchmark a PC? I'm familiar with the concept. I wouldn't be able to pull it off right now without looking up videos or something. Right. So generally what you do is you load some sort of software that can take a look at how your processor is running, how healthy your RAM is, how temperature is going. So not only the speed, but the temperature of everything, GPU, CPU, the board, mm-hmm. everything. And then you run a benchmark. And if it's a gaming machine or a video production machine, the benchmark is Cinebench R23. It's a freeware, shareware. So you just download it. Same with HP Info 64, which is 
a software that I've been using to track everything. So I downloaded that and I ran Cinebench. And what Cinebench does is it will run constant CGI processing rendering for 10 minutes. It's very, very, very processor intensive and the GPU doesn't run at all. You'd think that it would use the GPU, but it's specifically trying to use the CPU. So you run that and then you take a look at the temperatures. Well, my temperatures are running 96, 98, close to 100 degrees Celsius on the processor. That's bad. Mm -hmm. You want to maximum run it at 80 degrees if possible. And it's not like I've skipped. I have one of the top five best cases for airflow. The Cooler Master H500M running in the mesh configuration, not in the glass configuration. It's got huge 200 millimeter fans up front. I've got three 120 millimeter fans exhausting out the top. And I've got one 140 millimeter fan exhausting out the back. And I'm using a Noctura NH-D15S CPU cooler. It's one of the best air coolers you can get for modern builds. And it's still running that hot. Oh my gosh. This little i9 processor is just a power-hungry beast. And it is causing all sorts of heat issues. Now, I have looked online quite a bit. What's confusing me is I see some benchmarks in the low 80s, like people are running benchmarks of the i9-1200K with air coolers, specifically the Noctura coolers, and they're getting high 80s. And I'm really confused because I'm getting close to 100. So I think I'm going to give up the ghost, and tomorrow I am going to put the liquid cooler in there. I have one of the best liquid coolers, Mm -hmm. it's an EK AIO Elite 360 DRGB, and the DRGB is just lights, but it's the one that you can get with six fans, and it's like the one of the best coolers you can get on the market that can fit in the case. So we'll see. If I can get it to hover even in the low 80s, I'll call it a win, and I'll start using it as a production machine, but I have literally been fighting with it every waking moment since basically we got off the cast last time, definitely Saturday on, and I just can't get it stabilized. So. That's what's been eating all my time. You guys catch that Littlefoot was saved by his mom in the episode? Yes. Yeah. I hope nothing happens to his mom. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) You know, that's another generational thing. Like, what's your first? Like, mine was, you know, of course, like Bambi's mom. Uh But for a lot of kids, it's not Bambi's mom. It's it's, uh, them. Well, I know it because my kids watched it, right? So it wasn't me. It was the kids, right? And you're right, Bambi. And uh, I guess the other big one in my generation, although it was at the very end, was Babe. Ba-ram, you. Old Yeller? Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Sad. So, Michelle, I don't know how much of that you caught or not, but my new computer is running close to 100 degrees Celsius when I'm actually crunching processing on it so it's not good no so i have tried to maximize the whole thing i, I didn't cheap out it, the problem is i didn't cheap out i got the best processor out there which apparently is a hungry hungry beast in terms of power and heat and i have the best air cooler you can get on the market the noctura nhd 15s it's not good enough and I, I have to go liquid 
but even with liquid, I think I'm going to be in the low 80s, mid 80s, maybe. Fortunately, that's heavy processing, and I don't think I'll ever do that heavy of processing, but it is like a high-end benchmark, so, ooh. Good lord. Yep. I didn't want that processor. I wanted the processor underneath it, but it wasn't available, so I bought this processor instead because I got it on a deal for $20 more. I was like, that's a deal. Didn't realize it was going to cost me hundreds in terms of cooling and fans and stuff. <laughs> but that does suck. That does suck. I have the cooler. I have the liquid cooler. I just didn't want to use it because I didn't want to introduce liquid into the case. Here's the thing. Most liquid coolers are designed to last five years, and this is a very good cooler, good manufactured cooler that I have. It's the EKIAO Elite 360D RGB. It's got six fans on it. It's supposed to be one of the best, if not the best. At least the, the best 360. There is a 420 out there that's better, but I can't fit it in my case. And I think if I set my timer, if I put it in my calendar at the four-year mark, ASP, you got to buy a new cooler. And I think that's fine. And that would give that new computer an eight-year lifespan, which is phenomenal to plan for eight years of use out of the same computer. Usually five years is about where I want to go. This will be eight. I don't know if I'll be using it for podcasting for eight years. But you could. That's the point. SP, you've already seen it. I just want to see it again. It's so pretty. I know. It's so pretty. Wait, what Ignore is... my cable management. Is this your setup? Yes. Why do you need all these monitors? Why not? Because they kept giving them to me at work, and then I'm like, oh, I'll just buy one and get this better one and and when i'm recording with people i can just have things open and i don't have to look for them because they're just open so what he's done is he added the two main ones on the bottom it looks so cool wow now imagine when i get the desk cleaned up wow kind of the setup i want although i want why do you need all those monitors (laughs) well for video production I want a uh, at least a 27-inch 4K monitor because I, I want the real estate to run tracks on because the 24-inch monitor I have right now, and it's 1080, it's limiting as how much of the track I can see. If I could see more of the track, then I don't have to scroll as much. That's true. It's workflow. It's time. So there is reasons for it. And then I would like another of the same size probably a 4k monitor to also run different windows in the in the background so that i can have up to four pin to the four sides pin windows to the four sides so i can have four different things up and then i would like a monitor so that i could have a static image up and then project the static or share a video or whatever from the monitor which is how i'm streaming right now i'm using one of my monitors to do that so at least three in um i'm looking at one and i have two banked next to me and honestly i would like three more on the top just like it uh for parking things because i have so many windows open i do like to park things whether they're notes or uh, reference websites or videos or something like that 
I would use it. I use it at work. I have four monitors at work and I want two more at work. So Wow. Okay. I just want to know why you need it. I, I just, that's cool. That's cool. I put the picture of uh, Nick Fury in the show doc, by the way. It's underneath the remember to save your files here. Oh, yeah, I see. There we go. I don't think you're allowed to have that. <laughs> yeah. Good show. Yeah. I'm glad I broke you on the way out. Yes, success. Did that on purpose. I did. Glad I wasn't the only one broken. <laughs> I put the picture of uh, Nick Fury in the show doc, by the way. It's underneath the remember to save your files here. Oh, yeah, I see. There we go. I don't think you're allowed to have that. <laughs> yeah. Good show. Yeah. I'm glad I broke you on the way out. Yes, success. Did that on purpose. I did. Glad I wasn't the only one broken. Did you hear about basically the CW Red Running today? What happened with CW? They canceled Legacies and Charmed. Legacies, that ends the Vampire Diaries dynasty after 13 years. I've heard there might have been another couple ones, but yeah, I know about those two. So I'm wondering what they're going to have left. Oh, Dynasty is going to end on season five. It's like they're shutting the doors. 4,400 was canceled by the CW. That was still going on? Wow. Sorry, I'm getting caught up on... My goodness. Oh, Naomi was canceled after one season? Good lord. Dang. So how many DC shows do they have left now? Flash? That's it. So the 4,400 ran from 2004 to 2007, but it came back in 2021. Yeah. Was it a reboot or was it a continuation? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, it does seem like they're, it's like sci-fi. Like, what does sci-fi do anymore? They don't do anything. Yeah. I've been wondering for quite some time what the sci-fi channel is still doing as a channel. Because I would think at NBC Universal, which I believe is the owner of Sci-Fi Channel, would have either shuttered it or changed it to something else, and they haven't yet. So I'm I'm really scratching my head over it. A lot of the properties that they used, to, even the old properties that they used to have, remember they used to do Star Trek original series episodes way back in the day. A lot of the black and white sci-fi that was on in like the 60s and 50s, like Lost in Space and stuff like that. They don't have the rights to that anymore. That's all gone with other properties. Uh, CBS has pulled back a lot of the old Star Trek stuff and they want you to exclusively get it on Paramount Plus. So you could still get it in other places right now, but when those deals run out, you're not going to be able to renew them. It's all going to go to Paramount Plus. People are figuring out that's we've asked for it. We're getting it. I want to pay for my content a show at a time and you're getting it studio at a time. Okay. This is what it is. My cable bill went up 
So my cable bill was $250. It's now $290. Like, no, no, I'm canceling it. I might actually do that tomorrow. Why? I don't know. Like pandemic, like uh, inflation and stuff. I don't know. But YouTube TV is calling my name. Dang. I think we finally cut everything. Oh, I think we we're still in the apartment when I we cut everything. Yeah, we've been hanging on for a while, and I will miss the Spectrum News Channel, which has local news or local weather every ten minutes. I will miss that, but I've got a phone, mm-hmm. got radar on it. I'm good. Legends of Shield is copyright 2013 through 2022.